0: Welcome to the Fourth Tier Talk Podcast with Samuel Wright and Gabrielle Ramsey. Get your best League Two talk right here. everyone and welcome to episode 15 of the 4th Tier Talk podcast. I'm host Samuel Wright, joined by co-host Gabriel Ramsey and Callum Topps. Well guys, one place to begin, Euro 2020. England beaten in the final on penalty shootout by Italy. Going to start with you Callum, what were your thoughts on the game and what was a major disappointment in the end for English fans?
1: I think overall it's a disappointment, obviously not winning the final, but it's such an achievement and what an atmosphere it was. Just watching it on the TV just seemed like there's a massive atmosphere there and the occasion it's at Wembley, it's, we got to a final, we really did give it a go and when that first goal win you kind of think it's meant to be, um especially so early on and fair play to Italy. They came up with the winners on um, on the night and overall, I'm happy with it. I don't think really any of us, I know we were joking around saying we're going to win it and it's coming home and all them fun stuff. I don't think we actually thought we would actually win it. I don't think many people did. But overall, Italy played well. Um, England, I think, for the first half played a lot better than I've seen us play most of the tournament, which is a really good thing. And it seemed Italy seemed really shocked after that first goal early on. But I think overall, Italy seemed to have a bit more experience in the team. Kind of, They got a bit lucky here and there. Could be some red cards and some obviously discussable um, topics, anything. But I think overall, Italy kind of deserved to win because so they won on the night.
0: Yeah, obviously, uh, Gareth Southgate's been kind of criticised for his penalty selection and maybe making the subs too late. Do you think Southgate got his tactics wrong on the night?
1: I think overall, most of the tournament, you kind of think it could be a wrong choice and he made the right choice. So I think he had full belief in the players and I think overall, it Thing came down to pressure for me in the end. I think for the penalty misses, and I don't think it's no one's fault missing the penalty. And it's one of the toughest things to do, especially with that much pressure in a final. You take, and I don't think anyone could, can blame. I know there've been some blame, and obviously things have happened. But I think overall, it's such a, a sad thing to see people coming out and giving these racial and all these um, stuff to Rashford, Sancho, and Saka because. It's not an easy thing to do and I don't think they deserve that at all. It's the last thing they need and deserve in my opinion because they played so well for the whole tournament. But I think with bringing, I would argue, possibly bringing Sancho and Rashford on the last second could have been an impact because they haven't played really all tournament. I know um, Rash- Sancho started against Uruguay and played well, but we haven't really seen much of Rashford at all. His confidence could be low for not even starting any games so it could have played a fact into that but I still don't think it was a route bad choice because they are proven penalty takers
0: yeah no that's a fair point so Gabriel what about yourself then obviously football didn't come home in the end but um, overall what were your thoughts on the game anyway it's obviously been a huge ride for England but just fell short of the final hurdle and what were your thoughts on Sunday evening
2: I think obviously it's, it's heartbreaking that we couldn't finish it especially if you've gotten all the way to pillars against a team as talented as Italy uh, but like like Carla mentioned as well, when we scored, I think it was two minutes in with Luke Shaw. It was probably one of the best moments this country has seen in a very long time, other than obviously that like trippy Africa a few years ago. Uh, but you know, I think I've seen some people on Twitter saying Southgate isn't the man to take his forward because of his substitutions are a bit dodgy or his penalty taking decisions, obviously as well. But I think that's I think that's just ridiculous to be honest with you. Even, even if you could say this team could be a potential win winning these competitions, which he's still got those. First of all, in the World, World Cup semi final. And now, a Euro's final. Obviously, the World Cup's not too far away, I believe, as well, so uh, in Qatar. So, I think the idea of, should we should get rid of South is just completely incorrect, to be honest with you. Uh, I think he's a fantastic manager, even if at times his decisions do seem a little bit um, controversial. I do think he's done a fantastic job at the helm. So, I mean, obviously, in the final as well, Italy, in my opinion, were always going to win it, even from the group stage, because of the run that they were on, the defensive stability that, that they had, uh, how many games that they've been un- unbeaten, as well, even at the start of the tournament. It was plus 20, I think. I can't remember it now. Yeah, 30,
0: 33.
2: 30. Yeah, I mean, 30, that, 30. that that doesn't come with luck, obviously. So there's a lot of talent in that squad. Uh, so for me, I think they were always favourites. And obviously in the end, perhaps scoring so early on punished us in a way that we just sat back from the second minute onwards. you know, obviously. Um, it's one of those things where perhaps we just completely turned off our attacking mentality. And obviously you can't really go for 88 minutes uh, trying to stop Italian attacks. It doesn't work like that. They're too, too fantastic, if that makes sense for them not to score in that time.
0: Yeah. Um obviously we mentioned about the penalties a little bit then. Um obviously as for the penalty takers for you, what were your thoughts? And I also want to ask as well about obviously the Luke Shaw goal. You mentioned about Trippier before that. Do you think that was our downfall in a way scoring too early in the game could have been England's downfall yeah. as bad as that sounds.
2: Yeah, I think I think it, it we kind of just switched off. Not not switched off, but we kind of changed our mentality a little bit from that point onwards. I don't know if Southgate changed formation, not that I really noticed but you know, when, when you score two minutes in, into a final as well, where, you know, those players, England probably weren't the favourites. Uh, throughout that entire point, you're just thinking, we could actually do this. And from there, you just think, defend for your lives, uh, park the bus, you know, every man put the body on the line, as you should be probably. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where if you perhaps say we held on to a nil-nil until the 60th minute, then got a goal, uh, we had less time to sort of, def- uh, less time to defend that. And that could have helped us out more. But, I mean, you can't really complain about scoring, can you? I guess we're not, not going to miss a chance on purpose, just just to transcribe it later on, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, a fair point, like I say. Unfortunately, very much premonitions back to the trip of your goal, which we unfortunately lost to Croatia as mm. well back in 2018. But uh, going to move away from the Euros for now, I'm going to move on to pre-season, Callum. Uh, Rochdale have appointed a new manager called Robbie Stockdale. Very inexperienced as a first-team coach, but um, what do you make of this appointment and do you think it boosts Dale's chances next season?
1: I don't think it boosts their chances in my opinion. I think obviously a new manager coming is going to have different tactics, different ideas. and But not having that experience at all of being a first-team coach and a, a full-time, okay, it worked for Cambridge because he we went up with our first, but he was at the club for a long time. He knew the club. He kind of worshipped it in a way. But I think not having a, to really manage a first-team before in a in league 2 which is one of the tip hardest team leagues to get out of they're already on a downhill spiral coming and getting relegated and it doesn't really boost my chance like confidence for them at all i think if it was more experienced manager and had some good had some league 2 experience i would think okay it boosts their chances but he hasn't really proved he hasn't got he's not no proven track record which could be a good thing at the end of the day he could come in and have no pressure at all but I think overall, the experience you need for League Two and have that knowledge of managing a first team and being around the players for a long time is key for me. So I don't really see it boosting their chances.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. We're going to move on to your team, Gabrielle. Bradford City started their pre-season campaign with a 5-0 win over local rivals, Bradford Park Avenue. Uh, First game, technically, of the Derek Adams era. What did you think of it overall?
2: I think you are a fantastic performance. You know, It's always a bit risky fielding two different halves, uh, two different sides, or 11s, sorry. On either half, because obviously you could uh, lose that bit of team cohesion. We might be playing real well in the first half and the second half just crumble because uh, there might be different qualities in the squad. Uh, but to be honest, for the first half, I put, I thought we put a stronger starting eleven. But then the second half, I think we scored with it four goals, I believe, in the end, just in the second half alone or something like that. Uh, so uh, to be honest, it's been weird because obviously we, we've no fans being in for the past year, however long it is. Uh, watching on TV, you can't really, you don't really notice these little things like the sort of skill of a player might do or. Uh, how well good a performance he has due to his like movement and things like that. Uh, But there were certain players I was really impressed by. For example, Oli Crankshaw. If I've been honest, watching him on TV since he's moved from Wigan, I was never really, uh, never really thought that much of him. But now now that I've watched him in real life, he he does look quick and he looks hungry to get into that first team. Obviously, we've got so many good wingers uh, options, such as Charles Vernon, Gareth Evans, uh, obviously Abel Issa as well, with a really good debut. You kind of forget a little bit about the younger players like Crankshaw, but I thought it came in and it did really well. Um, in terms of new kit as well, I mean Sammy will have seen it yourself, it's a bit of a retro version, but I think it's it's absolutely beautiful in my opinion. I mean, it, i think it's good every now and then to take away from maybe not necessarily the original colours, but to go for something a little bit different. And I think I think it's paid off this time around because I love it.
0: Yeah, it's such a nice kit, to be fair. I was quite surprised myself when I saw it, obviously, you know, expecting it to be all claret and amber. But no, it's uh, just on the shoulders. So, yeah, no, I agree. It is a very nice kit. Um, touching on the game tomorrow, though, of course, you do host Doncaster Rovers in the first home game under Derek Adams. Fans will be in Valley Parade for the first time since March 2020, nearly 18 months. Um, do you think this game will give more of an indication of where you're at, or do you think it's, you know, just a case of getting the fitness of the players up and the results not really important going into this one?
2: I think I don't necessarily say the result is important because obviously there's a big difference between Bradford City and Bradford Park Avenue. I mean, Park Avenue is expected to be struggling in the National League North even whereas Way Promotion contenders fleet too. Uh so if you look at uh, obviously Doncaster, I can't, I can't think of the current manager is Richard, Richard Willis. Willis. Yeah. Uh obviously I think he's a great manager. He will link to Bradford as well. He did well with Swindon to get them promoted in the situation they were in. Uh, so I think if you look at Doncaster, they are admittedly a better squad. A better not a better manager, sorry, well maybe, but obviously they're in a better position than we are right now. But I believe they've had some positive COVID tests in their squad. So they might be a slightly weaker side, I guess. But at the end of the day, I think it'll show a lot about where Adams wants to go with Bradford if that makes sense by by which team he actually puts out. So I find it unlikely that he'll put out two different elevens again for either half. I uh, think I think it's more likely that he'll start with eleven and then just make subs throughout the course of the game. But uh, I think it's interesting, obviously, to come against a higher division opposition. It could be quite embarrassing and we could get absolutely drilled by them or we could be able surprise a few people, uh, put in a good performance and hopefully get, well, obviously not get points out of it, but uh, just get a win out of it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And, of course, building momentum, of course, is important at the same time. So we'll have to see how, of course, that goes. Uh, Callum, obviously, speaking about other League Two clubs for now, um, Obviously it's you know you've mentioned a lot about late Orient on this. Has there any been anyone else because obviously the transfer window has been quite quiet already with the euros and everything going on. Is there another team in the fourth tier that you think could do well next season right now or are you still going with your late Orient
1: I think obviously still mentioned late you know, I think they're still contenders I don't think they've lost anyone at all I think they're still going to be up there but looking at the teams in the team, it's not really to me a clear favorite. That's going to do well. I think it's going to be a really tight season. Anyone can win it, in my opinion, and go up. Obviously, you kind of look in that near the bottom sides who are going to be there. But going up the table, I mean, I think I expect Colchester to make a bounce back next season. I think because of such a poor season last year, and they were up near the playoffs the year before. So I think they definitely will go up into near near the playoffs and hopefully try and push for um, promotion for them. But obviously, like we mentioned many times, Bradford with Derek Adams, I think that signing from me is crucial. The guy that has took him, someone who predict a team that predicted in the bottom last year for some to go into League One next year is massive for them. So I think he's got the experience, and I think Bradford are just waiting for the right manager for a long time, in my opinion, to come along and take them out of League Two into League One again. Um, not really anyone else. Obviously, you look at the teams that are coming down like Bristol. I think they might have a chance. That the only team. It came down. I know we've touched on it before. There's not really a team that's come down like Bolton last year to go straight back up. So, I think overall it's going to be a really tight season, but I do think Bradford, Colchester and Leighton Orient are my kind of main picks to kind of go up. or will do better than they did last season.
0: Yeah, that's uh, fair enough. i we'll just touch on your uh, team in League One, Callum, Cambridge. Um, you know, obviously, pre-season preparations began with a game behind closed doors yesterday that you mentioned, a 2-1 loss to what was Tottenham's first team in the end. Um you know, how are you feeling going to the new season now? It's only a few weeks away and it's, I mean, going to that first game is going to be surreal, really, of course. And the position you're in now compared to when fans were last in, it's going to be a big difference there.
1: Yeah, I think that first game for us, because we haven't been there for so long, we're in League One now, we've still got all the kind of party atmosphere that we didn't have at the promotion party and all these parades that you normally have when you get promotion. I think this year, I think that first game will be like, a, like the league we win the the last game of the season and win the title or something because it's just been such a amazing atmosphere and the fans have missed it for so long and I just hope we perform well I think going into the season we're not predicting us to go near the top or fight for the title or promotion or anything I think relegation battle is where we're going to be but I think overall the signs we made some really good signs I think we kind of, overall, improved. obviously, the loss of Mullen and Colna um defence is a big blow for us and going forward with Mullen. But we've kept hold of Houlihan. I think it's a massive thing for us and kept most of the squad So and improved it here and there. So I think, overall, it's going to be an enjoyable season, whatever. But I think we just got to enjoy, this, enjoy the year and just hopefully it goes well.
0: Yep, certainly. And obviously, like I say, fans been back in could play a huge part as well, like you'd imagine, for Cambridge in League One next season. Um, Gabrielle, I uh, want to ask you about the clubs who got promoted from the National League now, of course. You've got Hartlepool and. Um, sorry, mine's gone blank now. Hartlepool Sutton. and Sutton. Sutton, that's the one. Yeah, uh, who, have, of course, have been promoted uh, going into this season. How do you rate their chances right now? Obviously, Sutton have got the situation with the pitch, now, like Harrogate did. And uh, obviously, Hartlepool, a club who've kind of like risen from the dead, really, in the last year or so. What do you make of their chances going into the new season?
2: I think even though Sutton finished having Hartlepool League, I see right now Hartlepool as a team who will do better in League 2. I just think that perhaps Dave Chalmers has got a bit more experience than the current sort of manager. I think he's called Matt Gravely, but he hasn't really had too much experience in that job. Uh, and obviously, Hartlepool have signed a few decent players as well, These um I've forgotten names: name, Smith from Chesterfield, of, um, I've forgotten the names, they've tied down Jamie Stary from South Shields and he was a really good player, he was wanted by Sutton as well apparently. Uh, but even Sutton, they've made some decent signings. such as en- Enzo Baldwin from Notts County was once by a few football league clubs. apparently turned down Tramia as well to sign, for, to sign for Sutton, which kind of says a lot about the project that they might be building there. Uh, but I think in terms of these two sides, it might just be another sort of year, like Haleport, uh, Harrogate Halepo, uh, and Barrow have had, you know, just getting a bit of stability in League 2, uh, just maybe adapting to it a little bit and then go from there. I think Sutton right now has been the worst decision just because they've had to spend a lot of money on the pitch. Uh, like Harrogate did, so it might maybe restrict them from bringing in too many uh, big name players or signing them with money. Uh, but nevertheless, I think I, I think they'll both be safe. Honestly, with you, in League Two, I think there's a lot, quite a few more clubs in League Two. Perhaps right now, I guess I could say weaker than these two sides who have been promoted. But that's it. Kind of shows that the gap to the National League in League Two is a lot shorter, I guess, than most people think.
0: Yeah, uh, with the two teams obviously relegated next season, like you know, who are you thinking right now? Which two teams do you think are maybe in a worse position than than others, really? And which two teams do you think could be in big trouble?
2: I think the first one you've got to go is winning Town just for everything that's going wrong right there. Uh, I mean, it's a shame to see obviously, because I think it was just two years ago they were. I don't know if they won the title or they just got promoted, but I mean, it's it's so sad to see how quickly they've declined just from. Being a League One club, obviously really happy, and So it looks like they might not have a club for existence, uh, which is a bit worrying, but there's rumours about a new takeover happening there, which hopefully should, just to obviously avoid fans losing the club and everything like that, but right now you have to possibly consider Swindon as a potential candidate for that. Uh, I mean, Mansfield Town, I know I've them in the past, so we have had a good season, but they've lost in a friendly with Matlock Town today, and when Mansfield have fielded their full strength side, which obviously, again, is worrying for them. Uh, I think as well as that, obviously you've got to look at Barrow I mean Michael Cooper uh, is it Michael Michael Mark, Cooper? Mark Cooper Mark Cooper Mark Cooper I believe he's a good manager but Barrow for me haven't really recruited enough uh, unlike Harrogate I guess could say because they've brought in a few decent players but for me Barrow haven't necessarily brought in enough football league experience or players who maybe have the qualities to play in this division so it's always a bit of a worry but I, I, do think, I do think it's it's going to be one of those seasons where there's someone who you don't really expect to go down that goes down.
0: Yeah, that's uh, fair enough. Like last season, of course, Southend, of course, did a double dip as well. Yeah. So that was obviously interesting. But no, we'll have to see there. Uh, Callum, one team I do want to ask you about is Newport County, uh, beating in the playoff final two times in the last three seasons. Going into this season, do you think they've got a chance of maybe bouncing back? And, or do you think their spirits will be a bit damaged maybe by that playoff defeat to Morecambe?
1: I think we've seen it before with them that they can bounce back into the playoff finals and we've seen it. Obviously, they've lost again, but they're always going to be, for me, that team that you're going to predict in your top seven when they're in, um, or top or definitely top seven when they're in the league. So I think they're always going to be up there and fighting for promotion. They did have a good um, top, top start into the season. I think that was good for them, but they just seem to, I think it's the pressure for them. They always seem to They get to the final and they can never, do that one more game they can never go that one step forward i think it's a real shame for newport fans because speaking to them in the past they they obviously want league one football but they just never seem to get over the line and they always have these high hopes of going into it and get into the groove of the season and get to these finals and then it just goes wrong for whatever reason but I, i do believe they're going to be up there again i really do hope for them and their fans they can actually get that one step further and get to um get to League 1 but it's going to be harder and I think it always seems to be bottle under the pressure if you will
0: yeah very much obviously like I say it's got to be sooner or later for Newport but speaking of teams of course who can't seem to get out of League 2 Gabriel, Exeter City who will be Bradford's opponents on the opening day of the season um, you know so many attempts now didn't quite make the playoffs last season but a lot of people were actually saying that could be a blessing for Exeter obviously the amount of playoff partake they've suffered do you think going to next season they are right up there to be contenders
2: I think it's going kind to of be difficult for them. I've, I think they've lost quite a few very decent players this season. Obviously, Randall Williams has moved on to, uh, I've, I want to say Hull, but I could be wrong about that. He's moved, he's moved on anyway. He's moved further ho- uh, closer to home. Uh, obviously, they've lost the captain as well. I believe he went to Stevenage, I think it was. Um, and in terms of replacing them, they haven't necessarily done that much. Transit business, obviously, they brought in Josh Coley uh, from Major United, who has no football league experience, but he's a young, sort of hungry winger who could be a direct replacement for Williams. I think it's more of a case of, you know, just gelling the squad together, you know, getting some good training behind, obviously, and making sure that this team do play like a team. Because I feel like th- this past season, uh, extra times, never really came out as the favourite for the playoffs just for the fact that they didn't play the quality of football that they have in recent years or compared to some of the other teams that are in the playoffs. Uh, but I do think they should be expected to be a playoff contender definitely like they are every season, to be honest. Uh, hopefully their sort of heartbreaks can come to a stop soon enough because there's nothing worse than losing a playoff final.
0: Yes, yeah, certainly. And obviously, touching on that game, I know it's a few weeks away now. Uh, as a Bradford fan, uh, not having an away day for nearly 18 months and your first one was the other end of the country. Um, you know, obviously, it's a good game, though, you think, maybe for Bradford to see where they're at as a team, obviously, because Exeter, you know, we're a, I know, obviously, you mentioned they've obviously got a new manager, I believe, and they've got a few changes there. But it's a tough place to go. And obviously, with it being such a far journey as well, do you think that game is going to really, you know, give us an indication of where this Bradford team's at under Derek Adams so early in his career?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think Exeter, let's be honest, probably have some of the best fans in the league. I think they always seem to nearly sell out their stadium and they're always quite loud. Um, sorry, uh, the fact that they also, it'll be their first home game in another year, you can expect to be honest, the atmosphere to be absolutely buzzing. Uh, that, I believe, away fans are allowed in the season, but that, along with, uh, obviously, Trafford and Bradford fans, uh, it should be a fantastic atmosphere, sorry, and just a great day out. But I think Bradford and Exeter, we both are expecting to be in the same sort of position for next season, or no pushing towards playoffs. Uh, and from that alone, you can expect a close game. It's one of those where, to be honest, at the start of last season, when Bradford played Colchester in the first day of the season, I would have said the same thing about these two sides potentially going for playoffs, obviously, with Colchester's history, and Bradford potentially always really should be up there. Um, but that wasn't the case, so it's too difficult to predict obviously in the opening day, because X ended end up having a nightmare season finishing bottom, and Bradford beat them 1-0, and then we're all happy thinking they're going to be a perfect contender than not, so it's always difficult one to predict, but as a Braff fan, I am confident because obviously we went there last season. I believe we lost 3-2, I think it was, or something like that. It was a close yeah. game. And that, in my opinion, was with a much weaker squad that we had and I don't really think extra strength from their squad too much. So, just hoping now that, that we can get off to a best possible start under Adams because with the first home game, back being against an Oldham side who, right now, are in a very turbulent situation, uh, we want it to be buzzing back at Valley Bridge.
0: Yeah. Um, Callum, I just want to uh, talk about one team you got promoted with last season, uh, Morecambe. And, um, Obviously, you know, losing Derek Adams to Bradford, I just want to speak about uh, Morecambe, really. Obviously, going into League One, obviously you probably think Cheltenham and Bolton are probably in a better position, arguably, than yourselves and Morecambe. But are Morecambe the one team you particularly do fear for going into this? The fact obviously Derek Adams. It's pretty much a miracle they even got out of the league. Obviously, you know, now, though, staying in League One, the gap between League Two and One's arguably got bigger. Do you, do you think Morecambe could, you know, got a chance? Or do you think, you know, they are looking certainly the favourites to get relegated?
1: I think every team has a chance to go into any season. There's always going to be that chance and that belief. for for me, Morecambe haven't recruited the way i think they would. As I, I think they had to make much more bigger signings and more players that I think they can see them keeping in League One. But I can't. They really, haven't really got the experience of any players that played in League One before in their squad, and I don't think that's going to help them at all. Especially with the loss of arguably their biggest achievement ever, who's getting out of the League to with Derek Adams so I can't see obviously me being biased as a Cambridge fan I think for, we're in a relegation zone but I think Morecambe need to pull and rabbit up a hat this year and somehow stay up in a way I don't know how yet but I obviously hope they do because it'd be a brilliant story but I just can't I think the difference in class has be crazy especially with not many big signs coming yet obviously that could change in a few weeks but as it stands I can't see them staying up unless they all together and really fight for what they want.
0: Yeah, that's uh, fair enough. Uh, we're going to go back to Euro 2020 briefly now, guys. And uh, Gabriel, i just going to ask for your player and goal of the tournament, please, from Euro 2020.
2: Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I think, for me, player retirement. uh it's got to go to Jordan Pickford. I know he didn't get in the team of the tournament. I believe Victor I got ahead of him. But for me, he was always... Not a doubt with all the Euros, but obviously it wasn't in the greatest form ever for Everton. A lot of people say Nick Pope, would better name. Uh, but for me, Pitford has just been absolutely world-class every single game he's played. And I mean, even with Italy's goal in the final, he was very unlucky that he actually got in the back of the net because obviously if he tipped it a few more inches, you could say just, just towards the post, it would have potentially even deflected a different direction. So he was very unlucky with the entire final. I mean, he did excellent the penalty shot as well, even saving... I think it was George Jr. who's never miss penalty, I believe, or something like that. Um, but for me, he's been world-class throughout the entire tournament and deserved it, which the fact that I think Donovan won play the tournament, I believe. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. It's very rare, for a goalkeeper to win the tournament. So when you've got two two goalkeepers who, for me, both deserve the, that accolade, it said a lot about the quality of goalkeeping in the recent years. But for goal retirement, I'm going to have to go for Patrick Chicks, a uh, long-range effort against Scotland. I mean, People might just see it as, obviously, also a fluke, but you've got to have a lot of quality to be able to not just loop it around, but the curly head in it as well. It's just, it's just world-class from him, yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. That was a fantastic goal. I think any other goal, I just can't start and of say that's the best one. But uh, what about yourself then, Callum? Same as Gabriel, um, player and goal of the tournament, please.
1: I think goal, I agree with Gabriel when you. I think that Patrick's the curve on that was under, I think the guts to pull it off, really. I think that's the biggest thing. i to give him. He, he tried to. He just tried it, and it obviously the curve of it, and some, Um, I think it's David Marshall and goal. Oh, kind of the,
0: the best s- goal with the worst flag, commentary. Yeah. That was definitely yeah, yeah, one of the worst commentary I've ever seen. So uh, <laughs> that's for sure. It was
1: amazing, just. It, but I think player. Obviously, Gabriel mentioned Pickford. I think he had a really golden glove as well. I think there's still a thing at the tournament, so that's really good for him. And I think he fully deserves it because there was talk of him not even starting at the Euros over Nick Pogba, he got injured, but I think player uh, you can obviously argue with Raheem Sterling, I think he played really well, Patrick Schick we also mentioned before, but I think for me thinking over the few, I'm going to go for Chiesa from Italy, I think nice. he really came alight this tournament and not really predicted to kind of, he's not one of the upcoming youngsters that anyone kind of talks about all the time, like Mbappe, Howland, all these really good players that And young, I don't think Chiesa gets mentioned. I think he should now, for just the tournament he had was crazy. And some of the goals, he scored quite a few important goals for Italy as well. So I think Chiesa would be my player of the tournament, just for how amazing and unpredictable it was him to come onto the scene.
0: Yeah, just want to ask you guys as well about, obviously, the uh, you know, Sunday's game, obviously. A lot of people have said really about, obviously, Mancini and Southgate. Do you think Sunday did prove the difference between a world-class manager and a good manager? I mean, obviously, Southgate at club level, maybe not really had a lot of experience. Mancini, though, he's been there, won titles in Italy, England. Do you think that did show the difference, maybe, between a world-class and a good manager, the tactics on Sunday?
1: I think it proves to me the like it's a difference at the moment. I think Manchin, he's done it so many years and done it in all these um, countries and won numerous league titles and domestic trophies and all these brilliant accolades he's done. I think Southgate's at his start of the journey. I think he's still only quite young, I think, as a manager. I he's young as for a manager, because you see normally older players as managers, but I think he's he will get to that level. I think if he has a bit more experience with England and, you know, he might win a trophy with England, who knows, but I think he will eventually, he's got the, I'm trying to think of the words, but he's got the desire and the right set of, of tactics for me to be a brilliant manager in the future. And I do believe he'll get there. It's just going to take a bit more time. And it's his first, I think he's managed Middlesbrough before, I think it was. I think he managed, I'm not 100% sure. He but was Middlesbrough, he, yeah. Yeah. Um, But overall, I think he's got the making of a really good manager in the future. He's just not there yet, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Like you say, still got plenty of years ahead of him, Southgate. And very passionate manager as well. He's been there before with England so uh, as a player. So, like I say, I think at least one more tournament is certainly deserved for what he's got us to in the last few years. Um, Gabriel, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, going back to League Two. Um, Right now, if you were to pick a team to win League Two, obviously very hard to say right now, but... You know, who would just say, like, you know, which team do you think, you know, Prince is able right now?
2: Uh, well, very hard to say. It's definitely right, the right sort of term to use there. Uh, I'd be cocky to say Bradford, but I think that might be Might be a bit out of it. Um, but I'm fairly confident about the Tramia Rovers. Um Obviously, I think they've had a few sort of difficulties off the pitch. But uh, and James Vaughan, obviously, his shock retirement, I think it was 32 years old, he decided to retire. Uh, but in a previous season for they put a full-strength squad against, I think it was a full-strength-ish squad against Rangers. Uh, and Trammeier managed to win that game 1-0, which obviously you wouldn't really expect. Uh, but for me, Mickey Miller is a fantastic manager. I mean, we saw he get, he, get them, sorry, he got that club to the Football League from the National League when they went through all those struggles. Uh, and then obviously jumped ship to Scotland where things didn't really work out for him. But he sort of just clicks with Trammeier. And I'm not really too sure they brought in too many quality players, but they have made a lot of new signings. Uh, but for me, I've been I've been impressed with how the get to Rangers. I mean, I watched a tiny part of the game uh, and they looked dangerous. They looked, they looked like they really wanted to win. And if you be like that in a pre-season friendly, imagine what they could be like in the actual league itself. So, for me, I think Tramia will definitely be up there. But I also agree with what Calum says a lot about Uh, uh I think Kenny Jack is a fantastic manager. Some of the signings they have made have been incredible, to be honest with you. I mean, I was shocked Connor Woodburn there from Bradford because he said he wanted to move to a high division. And then moved to Leno, which is a lot about the. the so sorry, it's a lot about the project that they are building there. So, uh, I think they could definitely be a shot as well for the title, which obviously is good after everything that they've been for in recent years. But um, yeah, I'm just sure going to stick my gut. I'm just, uh, hopefully draft as well.
0: Yep, uh, Callum. Uh, what about yourself right now? Predicting obviously, I know League Two is very hard to predict, of course. But um, who will just say if you predict right now who to win it?
1: I agree with at um, some point with Gabriel with Tranmere. I think they've been up, they've done it before. I think they can definitely. Do it again. Also, I think Forest Green Rose as well. I think they've been kind. They've been slowly moving up. Kind of, no one really talks about them as title contenders at the start of the season as much. And they got unlucky with the playoffs this year. So I do believe they get, they can go that one step forward and get to possibly with automatics or even the title. So I think overall they can get there. I just think they need to go that one step and make a few more signings here and there, and just have that ball belief in the team. So. I think, and obviously like I can mention many, many times late in Oren as well. I think they've obviously made some really good signings and a good manager appointment this season. So I think they're my three, like I said, with Tranmere and Leighton Orient, but also Forest Green as well.
0: Yeah, that's uh, fair enough. Obviously with Tranmere, they've obviously got a manager back who has done it with them before. So I think that could be a huge factor going into next season. But all will usually go one way or the other. Well, that's all we've got time for this evening anyway, guys. But well, thank you both very much for joining me and I'll see you soon.